20 questions or 20 minutes, whichever comes first, as long as it's you. This is You Go First. I'm your host, Blair Payton. We have 20 questions in a vase. My guests will draw the first question, and we'll go back and forth covering as much ground in 20 minutes. The timer begins after the first question is read. My guest today is an award-winning creative who recently launched the podcast, One Crazy Ride, a scripted podcast about a carpool driver healing from a breakup one passenger at a time. Please help me welcome by, I don't know, picking up my mobile order at Taco Bell, Tyler Seekoff. Um, aren't we going to get it delivered? I mean, contact delivery. <laughs> okay, as long as we're going there, I... I was having a day one day and it was raining and I really wanted Taco Bell and I have a lot of coupons, um, but I didn't want to go out in the rain because like, I can't get this wet. I don't look good wet. (laughs) And so I downloaded Uber Eats, ordered Taco Bell, and it was, it made my order so much more expensive than it needed to be from Taco Bell. Right. I mean, like one Crunchwrap Supreme costs like $25 after all the fees, but you have the coupons. Well, no, it was it was a gift card. So, sorry, I misspoke. It was a gift. I got two gift cards. My family knows my brand. Wait, you to Taco Bell or to Uber Eats? It's to Taco Bell, so I couldn't apply them. <laughs> so I wound up spending more money than I needed to. So please go get my order. <laughs> Anyways, enough about me. How are you? Oh, I'm good. You know, the roller coaster emotions of the pandemic, but today's a good day. <laughs> Hold on. This was weird. I just got an email alert from Taco Bell. They are listening to me. <laughs> They're listening. Mm-hmm. They love my business. So walk us through. What is your quarantine of 2020 to 21 been like? Oh, man. What would be a typical day for you? Waking up, rolling out of bed, maybe change my outfit, sign on to work, and then roll back to bed for my five to nine, <laughs> my passion projects. And a lot of conversations with my cat in between. I was on the call with someone the other day, a work call, mind you. And she went to the other room to get coffee or something. And my cat just kept like clawing at my leg and meowing at me. And I responded, I was like, can we please be aware of, you know, how your actions impact the energy of the room? And I'm talking to my fucking cat and my, my coworker comes back and is like, you need to go meet people. Like, this is too much. But to be fair, cats, they, I feel like they have no self-awareness, very self-involved. So that is a conversation that needed to be had. It needed to happen. It got nowhere. She still is a mess. <laughs> now your cat, male or female? Female. Okay, I want to make sure I get the pronouns correct. Female. Is she your only roommate? Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of like solitary confinement. <laughs> I gotta say, that feels rough to me. <laughs> to make you feel worse. Honestly, you know, before the pandemic, everything was so busy. Like I literally, I was the type of person that was like, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm double booked, you know? And like, they're like, wow, you've ditched us four times. I'm like, I'm sorry. So when I came home alone, it was like this this nice like peace of mind. Um, but now it, it definitely is rough, but you know what though, I will say like, uh, and kind of bringing it back to the podcast, you know, before in the old world, I felt like I was being like ping ponged from event to event to event. And while that was really cool and special and top of work, I never got to do the work that I was passionate about, like my actual, like script fiction writing and screenwriting. And so you were just boozing it, bed hopping. You were just like a dirty slut, right? I mean, or am I'm, I, am I, wait, am I, uh, am I, uh, what, what's the word? Um, 
forcing a narrative or what self-projecting that's what I was so you're projecting on me a little bit but if that's the energy I'm giving off I'm not mad about it either great so tell me about one crazy ride how did it come about yeah so one crazy ride um you know it started because I had this character Lenny in my head for a while and it First was a show called Femme that was like exploring what it meant to be feminine in the world, both like the straight and gay world. Um, And that was like a show I was like trying to figure out in what, 2014, you know, and then Lenny became a show called Lennial and it was a TV show with uh, three different people named Lenny. (laughs) And it was like, what am I doing here? I got to be honest, though, I like both of those pitches. That's that's always my thing is whenever I create a project, I always think of the name of the project first and then I work back. I'm so um, ass backwards when it comes to that. No, I'm I'm with you. Maybe not the name of the project, but I always think about the trailer. Like, what are the fun things we're going to see in the trailer? And then I'm like, OK, now we have to like figure out what's the story around those fun things. Uh, even though One Crazy Ride is a comedy, it kind of came from a pretty serious conversation. Um, I was in a car or in an Uber, <laughs> not a carpool. Um, I was in an Uber and my driver was a Haitian activist who literally fled um, his country because his activism put his life in danger. And I even like hint to his story in one of the episodes. And I just thought it was so interesting, you know, what his story was. And then I found myself having like these really deep conversations with all of my rideshare drivers and like learning their stories, who they are, who they were, who they want to be, like, what are they aspired to? And I realized like how interesting it is that I'm getting all these stories and I can only imagine what the stories they're hearing are and what they're seeing. So it kind of dawned on me, like, what a great podcast. And like, what if I take that heartbroken Lenny character and, you know, when he's down on his luck, he becomes a carpool driver and who does he meet that helps him along the way. And so even though the show's comedy, I do try to like talk about like important topics and like, there is definitely like some political undertones, but you know, at the root, it's a comedy, even though it's based in something serious. Now, is that something you would ever do is be uh, like a rideshare driver? I feel like that would be super hard. You know what? It seems so hard. Um, I mean, part of my research was looking into all the horror stories of like people getting caught in like drug busts because they picked up a drug dealer, people being attacked, people like dealing with super, super like violently drunk passengers and like, it's a hard gig. Or even the bare minimum, vomit. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Like, you can clean that, but that smell never goes away. No, you return that car. You you exchange it in for a new model. And if you can't burn it, just burn it down. I would set fire to that mother. <laughs> no, because I had a friend of mine when I was living in Virginia. This was, oh, God, when I think when I was in college before Uber and Lyft was even really a thing, she drove a taxi. And I remember when she told me that, I was like, aren't you terrified? Because that was the first thing I always think of movies where it's like, drop me off here. I got to, you know, I got to swap some drugs out or whatever. Totally. And it's so funny when I was writing season one, I had all these ideas. I was like, he's going to have a guy that he's driving around who keeps changing the stop. And it's like a drug deal every like stop. And I'm like, I don't know why I ended up going away from it, maybe in season two, but um, yeah, it's very real. Here's an idea. I'm going to throw it out. It just came in my head. I'm going to tell you before I forget. What if, okay, 
he is like a bad guy and you're freaked out. But then like the more time you're spending together, you kind of like develop a romantic bond and it becomes a toxic relationship. Boom. I love that. You know, Lenny has a thing for toxic relationships. Usually he's the toxic one though. Who does it? <laughs> Speaking of embarrassing conversations in an Uber, I remember I was going to an audition for um, back when UCB was a thing here in New York City. RIP. I was going to audition for Mod Night, which is their sketch team. And I was running late. The train, it was on the weekend. The trains were down. I tried to catch the bus, but I didn't have cash with me. So I was like, damn it, I'll just get a lift. So I got a lift. It was like $65. Wasn't thrilled about that. So I get in the car and I'm like frantically trying to remember this piece I wrote and trying to, you know, remember the beats and you have to get it in in like three minutes or whatever. And I was, I chose to play three characters at a time, but that paid off. But during it, I was like trying to rehearse in the car and the guy kept talking to me. And like, I can't be that person to be like, can you stop talking? So I was like, uh-huh, that's great. And he proceeded to tell me his life story and how he's like trying to save up money to bring his daughter and son to the US. So he, I was like, at the same time, trying to memorize my line for a stupid sketch team. This guy's telling me his life. And then I'm like, what I'm doing is so not important. Uh, well, there's ways to bring, you know, that importance into the work. That's something I always try to tell myself, like, you know, there, there's no more powerful tool in this world, in my opinion, than media, you know what I mean? And like, yes, comedy is an emotional release. It's an opportunity for people to just like relax and escape the reality, but also, you know, as creators, we have something to say. And that can make a difference. You know, I love that he was telling you his whole story, though. And you're like, just trying to memorize lines. It reminds me of this story one time where I was driving to the airport and my driver is like asking me like what I do and like what I study. And I'm like, oh, no, don't be fooled by the baby face. Like I work. I'm a writer. And he was like, oh, you're a writer. You need to talk to my daughter. And so he calls his daughter, who obviously wakes up and passes the phone to me. And he's like, go ahead, talk to her. I'm like, what am I going to say? And I'm like, hi, uh, how are you? You know, oh, you're in school. Like, what do you study? And she's like, law. I'm like, why am I talking to you? And she's like, I don't know. My dad just passes me the phone to like single guys all the time. So he was trying to hook me up with his daughter. I'm like, girl, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's funny, sweet, and kind of sad. Well, for a second, I thought she wanted to be a writer. That's where I thought it was going. You and me both. You and me both. I mean, maybe she needed help with the punctuation and in writing up a law term or agreement or whatever. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the terminology. Don't ask me about law unless we're breaking it. Ooh. So season one is about to wrap. Are you planning a season two? What does the future hold? I am planning a season two. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think before that, I, I'm in the middle of working on like two special episodes. I want to do a music and talk episode, find ways to incorporate music in there um, and like find new ways to kind of switch up the format a little bit. And then... I'm also doing an animated short version with um, my pal, Jackie Bowens, who has worked on a ton of different projects. Like she's even like had a Netflix project. So I'm like really excited to work with her. Season two, I think we're going to see, you know, in season one, Lenny's kind of getting over the heartbreak. And at the end, he's over the heartbreak. And the question is now what, you know, like when my life isn't revolving around love, what is it? So it's him really diving into and exploring what his life actually 
is going to be what he wants from life. Um, and he picks up a lot more characters and we're also going to get to know him a little bit better too. I am looking at ways to introduce his family and introduce more of his friends into the rides. Um, and of course the dysfunctional Lenny fashion. <laughs> I love it. Can I make one request though? Please do. I was thinking about this today as I was getting ready for the show and by getting ready, I, um, <laughs> I just downloaded the uh, Paramount Plus app and they have Clarissa Explains It All. So I was, you know, watching that. And as I was watching it, I realized they never had a Christmas episode. So not saying you have to do a Christmas episode, but I love when either a podcast or um, a TV show, whatever, does a holiday episode, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever. I love holiday episodes. So that's my one request. I want a holiday episode. You and me both. I feel like I desperately need to see a Long Island drunk Santa Con bro and the show. Um, now, let me ask you, though, how do you feel about holiday shows if they're not around the holiday that is talked about? It is so interesting you said that. So with Two Dimes, my project, we were talking because both me and Lauren, like Lauren is literally a claymation character brought to life. That is who she is in the show. She is like, you can't be mad at her. And if you do, you feel like you've wounded a deer. Um, so we were talking about holiday episodes and, like, the scheme of planning out when the shows would come out. And I'm always in that network TV mindset where it's like, it has to be around the time that the holidays are happening. But as I age, I realize that's not really... That's not a thing. You don't have to do that. So you know what? I am open-minded. I've experienced growth. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that because <laughs> I don't see myself getting season two out before Christmas, but I want a holiday special. I want a Halloween special. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. All the wild shit happens on Halloween. I know. I saw that episode of Sister, Sister where they tried, where they were like told not to go downtown, but what did they do? They went downtown. I mean, come on. They're teens. Who listens? <laughs> They're still growing. Hopefully they've learned from that lesson. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. Coming back, we're going to go through 20 questions in 20 minutes with our guest, Tyler Seekoff. So, hey, don't you go anywhere, because we're going to be right back. Welcome back to You Go First. I'm Blair Payton, and today I am joined by the fantabulous Tyler Seacoff. What would your official title, what, what do you want people to call you? Creative, writer, actor, producer, voiceologist, homo. What do you prefer? <laughs> What's your pronouns? <laughs> oh. Sorry, I've had like four Diet Cokes, so I'm a little wired. <laughs> no, I love fantabulous. I love homo. But no, I think we can <laughs> stick with writer. Um, <laughs> I think that fits pretty well. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you you have your hands in like, so what is the phrase hands in so many irons? That seems wrong. You have multiple coals in the iron. What is that phrase? I don't know. I'm the queen of malapropisms. That should be my title. <laughs> Wait, what was that word you just said? Malapropis? Malapropism? It's a fun word, isn't it? It's um. It literally, when you, when you're saying a commonly known expression, mm -hmm. but you're saying it wrong. So like, I'm so hungry. I could eat a bundle of flowers. Like that's not right. So I should eat, I could eat a horse. And so that's a malapropism. Oh, but I don't think I'd eat a horse. <laughs> so that also feels like a malapropis. <laughs> Is that my saying? Right. 
a malapropist. I don't know if that's right, but I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, we're going to get into 20 questions in 20 minutes. Since we are adhering to the safety regulate, uh, regulate, regulate, mm, let me try that again. Safety regulation. We're not in the same room. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, so instead of having my vase, which at this point has gotten very dusty. So at some point we're going to have to be in the same room so we can put our hands in the same. I don't know what I'm saying. That sounds dirty. Like, so we can like dust off your vase. Like Blair, if you want to ask me, I'll just do it. My God, I'm too nervous. So the way this will work, uh, I have 20 questions. They're all assigned a number. You're going to pick a number between one and 20. I will read the corresponding question and we'll be off and running. Try to get through as many as we can in 20 minutes. So are you ready? Are you feeling primed? You ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So Tyler Seekoff, you go first. All right. Number three. What is the most stressful movie you've ever watched? Timer begins now. Ooh, I want to say A Quiet Place because like... I've never seen it. Oh, come on. Okay. I mean, there's like these monsters that are blind but hear sound. And it's just the idea of not talking for longer than like five minutes unless I'm sleeping, which I'm not even convinced happens then, is just so stressful. <laughs> like, what? Is the sequel just as good as the first one? Now that I haven't seen yet. So I guess, Tyler, what? <laughs> Tyler, geez. I know, I'm a mess. I am going to say, as far as stressful movie, I anything horror, I get so, like, my hands get sweaty. Like, I've seen Halloween so many times, but just sitting there watching it, I'm just like, girl, get out of that car. Like, what do you, put on pants and get out of the car. Well, then they're doing it right, of course. I know, but at the same time, I just, I want her to live, you know? So horror, any horror movie stresses me out. You know what? The suspense of horror is fine for me. It's like when it's so unbelievably gory where you can't like look at it like Hereditary, the end of Hereditary with the the neck. I was like, (laughs) it's so funny. I haven't seen that movie, but I saw the remake, the Rob Zombie version of Halloween. And it was like Michael Myers backstory or whatever, as if that's necessary. But in the opening scene, the little kid who looks just like, like I would never babysit him. But he like comes up and kills his mom's like boyfriend and like slits his throat and you just see it. And I'm just like, I know if, if it's too gory, I'm out. I don't know what it is about um, slitting throats, but it gets me every time. I don't love it. All right. Pick another number. All right. Uh, four. If you could only speak one word today, what would it be? It's the only word you could say for, you know what? The day is almost over as of this recording. So let's say for Friday. For Friday. Okay. So for tomorrow, I would say kindness. Oh, gross. I know. (laughs) I know. It's funny. On my LinkedIn, I have like Tyler Seekoff, writer slash Mr. Nice Guy. And I'm fucking awful. But come on. Like we're, we're in such a shitty world. Like, yeah. But to yourself, too, drink water or something. I've, that feels like a personal attack because I've only had coffee and Diet Coke today. Are you attacking me? That doesn't feel like kindness. No, I'm just, I'm just caring for you. That's all. <laughs> so well, let me just set up a scenario. You're going to go to your local bodega and get some coffee. And then they're like, all right, that's uh, 450 And you hand them the money and you're just like, 
kindness. No, I don't hand them the money though. That's the thing. I just look at them, give like a little cute eye, say kindness, wink and walk out with my free coffee. So that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My word. Uh, you know what? I've seen too many sitcoms where people get in predicaments like this. So I'm going to say my word is going to be no. No. Because you know how people say, say yes to life, say yes to everything. Yes, I, I agree to that. But sometimes someone's going to ask you to do something that that is not in your uh, time span. And then you are you're committed. To, so I'm just to save myself. I'm going to say no. Yeah, no, it's liberating saying no. Like, hey, can you help me out this weekend? No. Can you come to my wedding? No. Hey, I need a ride to the hospital. No. But say it with a smile. Right. Because kindness. Yeah, <laughs> say it like you're saying kindness, but it's no. That's the most active thing of us to say. Read between the lines. It's subtext. No. <laughs> I love it. No. See? But it wasn't aggressive. It was just like a no. Yeah. It was like a boop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pick another number. All right. Um, seven. If you had the choice to quarantine with anyone, who would it be? And also, I'm going to tack on a why. Mm. With anyone? With anyone. You get to replace your cat with a celebrity. I have to replace Basil? Okay, we can keep Basil. Um, but let's say now you have someone to talk with in the room. Who is it going to be? Um, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm freezing on this one. It's a tricky question because immediately what comes to mind is like, oh, I'll have someone to quarantine with. So naturally I could have sex with him. But then if that's the only person I'm having sex with, what if we get to a point where we're like, you know, like we hate each other. And then I'm like, I don't want to have sex with you. And then you hate them. So I feel like it's got to be a friend or someone you would equate as a friend. <laughs> we are two different type of gays. Oh, okay. My mind went to Meryl Streep. Okay, well, still very gay. I'm still very gay. But yeah, um, I guess I'll go with Meryl Streep because I can't think of anyone else. But now I'm pissed because I, you know, it's been a minute. It's been a dry 2020. But honestly, I think that's a great choice because she seems fun. She seems grounded. She seems like she'll give you space and she might sing to you. That's what I'm, well, I'm hoping she doesn't sing. I love Meryl, but that's not one of her many talents. But I do hope she, you know, comes, hangs out. We can do dinner. Okay, I'm glad you said that about the singing. Because, like, because she's so talented, I feel like we're just allowing her to sing more. Because she's so talented, we're accepting that it's good. But I'm like, I, is it good? Oh, no. She has no breath technique in her singing. It's, it's, or something's up. I can't tell you. I can't sing. But I'm also not getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars to do it that's true but i just love her so much that i'm like it, it's fine it's Man. fine we're good we're good uh, i would okay so for quarantining for me i would say i would say chris evans but again you know like when you discover a new song and then you just listen to it over and over and then it gets to a point where you're like just kind of like oh enough that would be the thing with Chris Evans. Like, I would have sex with him so much that I'm just like, oh, enough. But then I'm like, would I? So I don't know. I think I'm overthinking it. So I think I'm going to go safe, go female, and say Kathy Griffin. I love her. I think she's Oh, funny. yeah, that's perfect for you. Oh, my goodness. That just makes so much sense. And she loves Diet Coke, so. There we go. 
Perfect. It's great. All right, pick another number. Um, okay, number 20. Where were you when Aaron Samuel's dick went viral? Oh my God, it's so funny that you say this because I literally was going to change my answer from Meryl Streep to Aaron, or, or, yeah, Meryl Streep to Aaron Samuels. Um, AKA Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls. Yes, that sweet, hunky, hung man. Um, I was, you know, where I spend the rest of my days in my bedroom. And I sure as hell, the first thing I did was Google Aaron Samuel's penis cup picture. (laughs) Sure enough, it came up and it wasn't blurred out. And I texted it to people. I was like, please admire. (laughs) Well, how did you find out, uh, find out about it? Um, I, I don't know. Oh, it was some meme that was like, hinting to Aaron Samuels with the big eyes. And then I was like, what's this about? And I read through the comments about him being hung. I was like, let me just look it up. (laughs) We love a leaked photo. Okay, see, I saw those memes, but I was like too lazy to look it up. And then I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about it, how he was like poolside. And they didn't really describe the picture, but they gave me enough. I was like, was he just like blatantly flaunting his ding dong? He wasn't. It was a reflection in a... No, I mean, I, I mean, he might have, first off, this was no accident. The, his dick is very clearly in that cup. He knew exactly what he was doing. And you know what? I'm not mad about it. I'm really not. Um, what I am, though, is jealous that I'm not at a pool just laying fucking naked like that with my little espresso. That's what I'm not feeling. Well, I just, I applaud his bravery because I am so... Caucasian that the thought of setting nude by a pool feels dangerous. No, I feel you. I actually wore a Speedo for the first time this summer. Um, you know, it was felt very liberating, especially being like a chubby guy. But my ass cheek that has never seen the sun got a little sunburnt. And now I have like a strip where I miss the sunblock that is like perpetually a little extra red than the rest of my ass. That is crazy. All right. Well, that makes me feel a little better about my Caucasianness. But the worst. <laughs> The worst I ever got burnt was when I was a kid and I got blistered. That yeah. was not fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, memories. Uh, okay, pick another number. All right, let's go with number 17. Oh, okay. And this, is, this kind of correlates with your podcast. Oh, perfect. One of the episodes. What would your drag name be? Oh, this is always such a hard question. And I just realized we never even talked about the fact that you're on my podcast with um, the name Miss Lucy Fur, Which was like, I don't know why that role was so daunting for me because- What's it? No, it was just like trying to figure out how I would sound because like I was reading it and then Nick was like, you sound weird. <laughs> I don't know what, I kept doing weird interpretations of what I thought a drag queen would sound like but we have a lot of accents going on and you really struggled with the word bussy how did I say it bussy like as if like wheels in the bussy go round and round but it's like bussy bussy yeah it's just not part of my vernacular so it was just like it was it was like I don't know why I made it so difficult but (laughs) No, but you did great. Honestly, I I can never decide what um my names would be. So Lucifer, Anita Little, Frida Tits, all the characters in my show, I would probably rotate. And then um, with a special appearance from Miss Antifa. Mm, I like it. We got to mix those names up a little bit. Do you have a drag name? 
Okay, so my name, it would probably be something very basic and dumb just because I think it would stand out more like Barbara Johnson, you know? <laughs> Introducing Deb. <laughs> yeah, I think that would just be fun to have just like a basic ass name. Myrtle Johnson. It'd be a fun pet name too, Barbara Johnson. If I get a pet, I would want to name the dog. It would, full disclosure, it'd probably be a dog. Uh, either like Bob or Robert or Garrett, you know, just like a human name. Just kind of- I love that. I love it. All right, pick another number. Did I say one yet? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite day of the week? Very simple question. Very straightforward. What is your favorite day of the week? Saturday. What? Can I flip the question? I want to talk about my least favorite, not to be like negative, but like yeah. I have a stronger opinion here. Okay. Tuesdays, right? So like. Saturday, Sunday, obvious. Monday, okay, it sucks, but like it's the start of a new week, you know, like let's get it off right. Wednesday, hump day, Thursday, hey, tomorrow's Friday, Friday, weekend. What the fuck do you look forward to on a Tuesday? Like I can't be like tomorrow's hump day. You know what I mean? It's just like this like day. I get that. Uh, Okay, my least favorite day. Uh, I'm going to start with my favorite day because I know that one right off. Uh, Thursdays. I love Thursdays. How come? I don't know, (laughs) to be honest. I think it's just because it's like, you know, something good is coming. And um, like for me, I used to always associate it with whatever was on TV that night. So growing up, it used to be friends. Although I don't love friends anymore. I used to. It did not age well. Uh, Yeah. I'm just like, I'm good. Because and always with work for me, Fridays are usually my lightest. So it always feels like a three day weekend. Wow. I hate you. Fridays are always like my busy day and I get stuff working late, like every Friday. Ooh, I probably my second favorite day would be Friday because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Again, associating with TV. God, wouldn't it be so great? Just like picture it. It's 2019. We're drunk at a bar. RuPaul's Drag Race is coming to an end. Everyone's feeling good and you're just dancing in a crowd. All right. Pick another number. All right. Um, five. When has a mundane occurrence or chance completely changed the course of your life? Biking to work. Um, I fucking fell off my bike and broke both of my arms. I forgot about that. Yeah. And that was awful because like, you know, I got really emotional about it. At first it was just like, oh, my arms broke. But then, you know, it kind of sinks in like when you can't brush your teeth and when you can't take your shorts off by yourself, that you need someone to do all of these things for you. And it is a mind fuck for like taking two months off of work and having like, like I, I saw my mom during the time and she like literally had to like help me get my underwear started before like I jumped in the shower and I was like, look away, close your eyes. Well, now how did you wreck again? Oh man, I was biking. And if anyone that works for the city is listening to this, please let or just know you owe me money um because i was biking to work and there was construction on the bike path on the bridge and that like dust and gravel was coming down and was falling on the sidewalk no signs for it so then when i was turning onto the the underpass um my bike completely slid and then i blacked out and then i like saw like a quick like snapshot of my hands in the air with like the ground underneath me in motion and then i like came to fruition and was like I'm in the middle of the road, like with my two broken arms dragging my bike off the road. I was like telling myself, like, what would June from Handmaid's Tale do? Like, act like. Her. Oh my God. 
But yeah, I, my biggest regret though is not taking a picture because someone else had a similar accident. It was a five million dollar lawsuit, and I could have been rich. I could have been a queen. <laughs> Just how long did you black out though? You know what? That's such an interesting question. I mean, the fall itself, like, I don't know. People kept asking me if I hit my head because I I truly can't tell you. And they thought that maybe I had a concussion. But I think it was just that rush of adrenaline was like, you are going to be fucked up and we're not going to like let you experience it. And it kind of get this is dark. But like, if I ever get into like a deadly accident, it's good to know that like my mind is going to shut off before anything else. <laughs> Fuck, that's so dark. <laughs> no, but I mean, oh, that's like, well, that's so. Sc- oh, that's it. We did it. <laughs> well, no. it's so funny because I was literally. So my gym is open. We were doing, I, I can't remember what the movement is called. I think it was just like, um, I think it was like the snatch grip, which is like a wide, like you're holding the barbell wide and then you lift it over your head and then squat. And so my grip was off and I hit my head like barely, but I was like, oh shit, I have a, con- <laughs> I have a concussion. And so I started Googling it. And then I like afterwards, I went up to the coach and I was like, Hey, um, how would I know if I had a concussion? He was like, you would know. <laughs> oh no. And you did? I didn't. Oh. It was just my paranoia. Like I barely tapped my head, but for whatever reason, my brain was like, you probably have a concussion. Oh, that's great. I'm the total opposite. I had two broken arms and I was like, it's a sprain. I'm fine. I refuse to go to the hospital for hours. <laughs> like, Oh, well, I'm glad you have full motion with your hands now. And yeah, you can flap it. All right, so right now, tell the people why they should check out One Crazy Ride. Uh, Because you want to have a good laugh. And if you're in an Uber, you know, you have something to listen to. Um, And because, come on, support a queer artist, you know? Why else? And as far as social media, where can people follow you or the podcast? Yeah, you can follow um, One Crazy Ride podcast on Instagram, or you could just search an Apple podcast, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts, One Crazy Ride, and it will show up. Fantastic. All right. Well, Tyler Seacoff, thank you so much for coming first this week. Thank you. It's been such a long time since I came first. Right? Such a release. Uh, I can do it again. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at You Go First Show. You can also send us a voice message if you like or have a question that you'd like thrown in the vase. We can definitely try to help you out. We are not experts, so don't expect to be fixed. <laughs> and also, too, you can also rate this podcast five stars only anything less you may as well just like go to another one and we love a good review that helps with promotion so feel free to do that uh with that said have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you soon 